Look, a book, a podcast where Auckland librarians read stories. Join us each episode as we read moments from the stories we love. Currently, we are exploring Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. Today we have Claire from Birkenhead Library. Kia ora. And I'm John, also from Birkenhead Library. Not that long ago, in a place not that far away, a group known as The Librarians gathered together to retell the classic stories that they love. During their meeting, a white rabbit ran past. Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be late. Then he pulled out a pocket watch and disappeared down a large rabbit hole. This was the white rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. So the librarians decided to follow him. Welcome. Today we are exploring the magical worlds of Alice in Wonderland and Alice through the looking glass. These classic stories were written over 150 years ago for four-year-old Alice Little and her sisters. The author, Lewis Carroll, first invented Wonderland while making up stories for the girls while having a picnic. Alice loved the stories so much that she asked him to write them down. They were first known as Alice's Adventures Underground. Over the last 150 years, these stories have been retold again and again in books, graphic novels, movies and more. Today we will be reading moments from the original stories. You can find them and many other versions at Auckland Libraries. Come in and see. Chapter 9 The Mock Turtle In which Alice meets two of the most absurd Wonderland creatures. It's clear why I chose this chapter. Contrary to popular opinions, puns are the highest form of wit. I remember as a girl finding out the meaning of names. My little sister Maeve is the Queen of Fairies. My other sister, Charlotte, a free woman. Harvey, my brother, is eager for battle and strong. Arena, my littlest sister, is peace personified. But I am the same as my name. Claire means Claire. Like a plane of glass. I first found this disappointing, and then amusing. Double meanings in wordplay are my favourite form of humour. I hope you also enjoy the verbal battling and wordplay in this chapter. They had not gone far before they saw the mock turtle in the distance, sitting sad and lonely on a little ledge of rock. And, as they came nearer, Alice could hear him sighing as if his heart would break. She pitied him deeply. What is his sorrow? she asked the griffin. And the griffin answered, very nearly the same words as before. It's all his fancy, that he hasn't got no sorrow, you know. Come on. So they went up to the mock turtle, who looked at them with large eyes full of tears, but said nothing. This here young lady, said the griffin, she wants to know your history, she do. I'll tell it her said the Mock Turtle in a deep hollow tone. Sit down, both of you, and don't speak a word till I've finished. So they sat down, and nobody spoke for some minutes. Alice thought to herself, I don't see how he can ever finish if he doesn't begin. But she waited patiently. Once, said the Mock Turtle at last, with a deep sigh. I was a real turtle. These words were followed by a long silence, broken only by an occasional exclamation of Hruk from the griffin, and the constant heavy sobbing of the mock turtle. 
Alice was very nearly getting up and saying, thank you, sir, for your interesting story. But she could not help thinking there must be more to come. So she sat still and said nothing. When we were little, the mock turtle went on at last, more calmly, though still sobbing a little now and then. We went to school in the sea. The master was an old turtle, and we used to call him tortoise. Why did you call him tortoise if he wasn't one? Alice asked. We called him tortoise because he taught us, said the mock turtle angrily. Really, you are very dull. You ought to be ashamed of yourself for asking such a simple question, added the griffin. And then they both sat silent and looked at poor Alice, who felt ready to sink into the earth. At last the griffin said to the mock turtle, Drive on, old fellow, don't be all day about it. And he went on in these words. Yes, we went to school in the sea, though you mayn't believe it. I never said I didn't, interrupted Alice. You did, said the mock turtle. Hold your tongue, added the griffin, before Alice could speak again. The mock turtle went on. We had the best educations. In fact, we went to school every day. I've been to a day school too, said Alice. You needn't be so proud as all that. With extras? asked the mock turtle a little anxiously. Yes, said Alice. We learned French and music. And washing? said the mock turtle. Certainly not, said Alice indignantly. Ah, then yours wasn't a really good school, said the mock turtle, in a tone of great relief. Now, at ours they had the end of the bill, French, music and washing extra. You couldn't have wanted it much, said Alice, living at the bottom of the sea. I couldn't afford to learn it, said the mock turtle with a sigh. I only took the regular course. What was that? inquired Alice. Reeling and driving, of course, to begin with, the mock turtle replied. And then the different branches of arithmetic, ambition, distraction, uglification and derision. I've never heard of uglification, Alice ventured to say. What is it? The griffin lifted up both its paws in surprise. What? Never heard of uglifying? it explained. You know what a beautify is, I suppose. Yes, said Alice doubtfully. It means to make anything prettier. Well then, the griffin went on, if you don't know what an uglify is, you are a simpleton. Alice did not feel encouraged to ask any more questions about it, so she turned to the mock turtle and said, what else had you to learn? Well, there was mystery, the mock turtle replied, counting off the subject on his flappers. Mystery, ancient and modern, with seography, then drawling. The drawling master was an old conger eel that used to come once a week. He taught us drawling, stretching, and fainting in coils. What was that like? said Alice. Well, I can't show it you myself, the mock turtle said. I am too stiff, and the griffin never learnt it. Hadn't time, said the griffin. I went to the classics master, though. He was an old crab, he was. I never went to him, the mock turtle said with a sigh. He taught laughing and grief, they used to say. So he did, so he did, said the griffin, sighing in his turn. And both creatures hid their faces in their paws. And how many hours a day did you do lessons, said Alice, in a hurry to change the subject. 
Ten hours the first day, said the Mock Turtle, nine the next, and so on. What a curious plan, exclaimed Alice. That's the reason they're called lessons, the Gryphon remarked, because they lessen from day to day. This was quite a new idea to Alice, and she thought it over a little bit before she made her next remark. Then the eleventh day must have been a holiday. Of course it was, said the Mock Turtle. And how did you manage on the twelfth? Alice went on eagerly. That's enough about lessons, the Gryphon interrupted in a very decided tone. Tell her something about the games now. The End this is my favorite story from Alice in Wonderland, as I have a strange affinity for eggs, to the point where I crack a lot of good yolks and even making a bad cooking video about them. Humpty Dumpty is great, as he incorporates my favorite parts of eggs into a strange creature who is able to provide some help to Alice, while still being quite unhelpful. Chapter 6 Humpty Dumpty As to poetry, you know, said Humpty Dumpty, stretching out one of his great hands, I can repeat poetry as well as other folk, if it comes to that. Oh, it needn't come to that, Alice hastily said, hoping to keep him from beginning. The piece I'm going to repeat, he went on without noticing her remark, was written entirely for your amusement. Alice felt that in that case she ought to listen to it. So she sat down and said, thank you, rather sadly. In winter, when the fields are white, I sing this song for your delight. Only I don't sing it, he added as an explanation. I see you don't, said Alice. If you can see whether I'm singing or not, you've sharper eyes than most, Humpty Dumpty remarked severely. Alice was silent. In spring, when woods are getting green, I'll try and tell you what I mean. Thank you very much, said Alice. In summer, when the days are long, perhaps you'll understand the song. In autumn, when the leaves are brown, take pen and ink and write it down. I will if I can remember it so long, said Alice. You needn't go on making remarks like that, Humpty Dumpty said. They're not sensible, and they put me out. I sent a message to the fish. I told them, this is what I wish. The little fishes of the sea, they sent an answer back to me. The little fish's answer was, we cannot do it, sir, because... I'm afraid I don't quite understand, said Alice. It gets easier further on, Humpty Dumpty replied. I sent to them again to say, it will be better to obey. The fishes answered with a grin, why, what a temper you are in. I told them once, I told them twice, they would not listen to advice. I took a kiddo large and new, fit for the deed I had to do. My heart went hop, my heart went thump. I filled the kiddo at the pump. Then someone came to me and said, the little fishes are in bed. I said to him, I said it plain, then you must wake them up again. I said it very loud and clear, I went and shouted it in his ear. Humpty Dumpty raised his voice almost to a scream as he repeated this verse. And Alice thought with a shudder, I wouldn't have been the messenger for anything. But he was very stiff and proud. He said, you needn't shout so loud. And he was very proud and stiff. He said I'd go and wake them if. I took a corkscrew from the shelf. I went to wake them by myself. And when I found the door was locked, I pulled and pushed and kicked and knocked. And when I found the door was shut, I tried to turn the handle, but... There was a long pause. Is that all? Alice timidly asked. That's all, said Humpty Dumpty. Goodbye. This was rather sudden, Alice thought, but after such a very strong hint that she ought to be going, she felt that it would hardly be civil to stay. So she got up and held out her hand. Goodbye till we meet again, she said as cheerfully as she could. I shouldn't know you again if we did meet, Humpty Dumpty replied, in a disconcerted tone. 
giving her one of his fingers to shake. You're so exactly like other people. The face is what one goes by, generally, Alice remarked in a thoughtful tone. That's just what I complain of, said Humpty Dumpty. Your face is the same as everybody has. The two eyes, so marking the place in the nose with his thumb. Nose in the middle. Mouth under. It's always the same. Now if you had the two eyes on the same side of the nose, for instance, or the mouth at the top, that would be some help. It wouldn't look nice, Alice objected. But Humpty Dumpty only shut his eyes and said, Wait till you've tried. Alice waited a minute to see if he would speak again, but as he never opened his eyes or took any further notice of her, she said, Goodbye. Once more, and getting no answer to this, she quietly walked away, but she couldn't help saying to herself as she went, Of all the unsatisfactory, she repeated this aloud, as it was a great comfort to have such a long word to say, Of all the unsatisfactory people I ever met, she never finished the sentence, for at this moment a heavy crash shook the forest from end to end. We hope you had an excellent time listening to these readings. Can you imagine meeting the Mock Turtle and Humpty Dumpty in real life? Would you be able to keep up with all their twists and turns? We love how they make words into a game. The moments they share with Alice are important in setting the scene of Wonderland. They are fun, playful, and absolutely ridiculous. No wonder young Alice asked Lewis Carroll to write these stories down for her. And we are very lucky to have them too. They have given me, and many others, hours of joy. Wonderland is an amazing world to get lost in, if you can just find the rabbit hole. Stay tuned for more episodes with librarians reading Alice in Wonderland and Alice Through the Looking Glass. Also, head down to your local library to find one of the many different versions or retellings for you to read, watch, or listen to. Ka kite ano!